Hello and welcome to episode 16 of your monthly Leader Breeder podcast with myself and your host, Aidan Jeffrey. The Leader Breeder podcast is a leadership podcast dedicated to helping you discover and develop your leadership voice in order to deliver greater value in your life, career, ministry, and business. In today's episode 16, we are going to look at self-accountability, the secret ingredient of successful leaders. I am super excited to be with you for this month's episode 16, and I know that, and I'm believing, trusting the Lord, that this episode is going to have a great impact and influence and challenge you in some areas of your life where you can look at this incredibly powerful principle of self-accountability. Before we get into today's episode, if you haven't visited our leaderbreederworld.com website yet, please feel free to go over there, leaderbreederworld.com. A whole lot of free resource available to you to assist you on your journey of leadership development. Remember, the Leader Breeder podcast is a leadership podcast. The Leader Breeder World is a, a leadership website where all these tools, resources are there to assist you, to guide you. A whole lot of courses, free courses that you can subscribe in, enroll in, and uh, continue your journey of leadership development. Everything rises and falls on leadership. And one of the great attributes of successful leaders is this attribute of self-accountability. So let's get straight into this month's episode. I'll see you on the other side of this. Episode 16, self-accountability, the secret ingredient of successful leaders. As I was preparing for this month's episode, I really just was trusting the Lord to go in a direction with this month's episode in order to challenge, stimulate. Obviously, as we continue on our continual journey together of leadership development, I've really just been challenged the last while as well. If I look around the world and I see that social media, we listen to the news, you watch so much stuff happening around us. I look in my personal life with regards to the church, the staff, uh, the members of the church, myself, my colleagues in ministry. I look at leaders around the world. I look at everybody's going through similar challenges that everyone else is facing, but it's those people that understand this very powerful principle of self-accountability that will not only always rise to the top or overcome most of their challenges, but I really believe are going to set the trend for the future. One of the saddest things that I'm noticing lately, as I said, watching certain things on social media, it almost seems to me as if depression is becoming the new normal. Weakness is becoming the new normal. Excuses are becoming the new normal. Now, Don't misunderstand me if I speak about depression and you might be listening to this episode this month and saying, I've been diagnosed with depression and I'm on antidepressive medication. I'm not here to criticize anybody with depression. I'm not here to say that you can't have depression or you won't feel depressed. But what I want to just say in this episode and challenge all of us as we go into this month's episode is that although we might be challenged in some areas, we might go through certain trials, tribulations, different things. What we have to be careful of is we don't start to accept sort of these modern day, and I don't want to use the word woke because that seems to be like I'm anti everything else and I'm not trying to challenge all the different things that are happening out in the marketplace. But, you know, you get flooded by so much information. And I read a great statement recently where the statement said, the more access we have to information, the less access we have to truth. And I pondered on that for a moment and I thought to myself, that is so true. We're living in a world of social media, digitization, the internet, And all of us, we're on our apps, we're on the internet, we Google, we're on websites, on our smart televisions, we've got all these different places we can access content. 
But yet, with so much information flooding around the world, and you'd think that people would have more understanding or they'd have more revelation or more information, more truth, but it almost seems as if the opposite is happening, is that people don't know anymore what is true and what is not true. People are battling to know what is the truth. And from a spiritual perspective and from a Christian perspective, we know that Jesus said that I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Timothy said that there is one God and one mediator between man and God, the man Jesus Christ. So we know that there is only one way and one truth and one life that talks about right standing with God, talks about access into heaven, talks about a life of purpose as a Christian. Yet sometimes people will try and justify the unbelief in Christ or the unbelief in Christianity and say well, there's many roads that lead to Rome or many roads that lead to, to heaven. And the choices of standing with God and accessing to heaven one day is very limited. The Bible says there's only one choice because there's one God and one mediator. So from a spiritual perspective, we read that in our Bibles. But when it comes to our natural lives of raising kids, getting through university or getting married, starting a family, buying our first house, as you say, maybe your first child, two children, you've got to get through the single life with all the complexities that life is throwing at us in this modern world. Sometimes we can go to the internet and say, let's Google it, or let's try and find an answer to this challenge I might be facing. And one of the things we start to find is that there's so much information. So very often that old saying that says to every parallel truth, there is a parallel lie. And sometimes those two things look so similar, we can't really tell the difference. And we know as well that whenever it comes to information, like I said, the more access we have to information, the less access we have to truth. And if we're not careful, what we start to find is that when we have all these sort of variable options, let's say we're looking at some area of our life like finances, or we're looking at you know, your mental health, or you're looking at your relationships or whatever, you might find seven, eight, 10, 20, 30 different answers on the same topic that you Googled. And if you read them, some of them might be similar, some of them might be totally opposite. There might be so many answers. And then we can start to read them and say, this one suits my narrative the best. This one suits my situation the best. So I'm just going to go with this one. And then we start to say things like, I read online and the latest statistics say, and the latest this says, and the latest that says. And if we're not careful, become guilty of falling into the trap of becoming a victim and losing our victor's mindset. And like I said earlier, as well as we began this episode, is that I'm noticing that people are celebrating weakness or people are celebrating depression or people are almost like if you haven't got depression or you haven't got whatever the world or the medical fraternity out there are throwing at you it's almost as if you don't fit in you have to almost have some frailty or some issue in your life in order for the social world out there to accept you now again i'm not here to promote conspiracy theories or saying i'm anti this or i'm pro that what i'm trying to say in this episode this month is that this principle of self-accountability. What does it mean? Self-accountability is also known as personal accountability, and it's a way of living in which you take responsibility for your actions and your life. You learn from your mistakes, and you quickly recover from any impulse to blame others, ignore your problems, and hide from your own shortcomings. Now, we're going to look at that this episode because I really just want to take you through a few key points in the definition of self-accountability, because days gone by, telling a quick story, Matthew, my eldest son, when he was in primary school, he was selected head boy for his school, and he had to write an essay or an oral on his journey at his school, and what was his journey from when he started to when he was in grade seven, and obviously, being his dad, he asked me for advice, he was help, and 
him and I sat down and I penned him a, which I still take the credit for, I penned him a, an oral called The Man in the Mirror. And I took him on this little journey of saying, let's look at your story at, at Kenridge. He was at Kenridge Primary. And I said to him, tell us, your teacher, your class about your story. And I said, but talk about the man in the mirror, that you went through challenges, but every time you faced the challenge, you looked in the mirror at the man looking back in the mirror and you took responsibility and you did something about that challenge you were facing. I always believe in life that I don't have problems, but I have challenges because a problem is something I can't solve, but a challenge is a problem that I'm busy solving. So I always deal with my life in that way, whatever it might be. I've got this challenge. I've got this challenge. I don't, I try to avoid the word problems because problems are like almost, I don't know, I've given up on, on finding a solution. And we are very creative. We are very tenacious. We are very uh, empowered by the Holy Spirit that's in us. I want to say to you today, don't ever look at anything you're facing. If you're listening to this podcast today, don't ever look at your circumstances as impossible that you can't get out of them because it's simply just a challenge that you are busy solving. So take heart today and don't, don't grow weary while doing good because God is with you, God is for you, and God is in you. But I wrote this oral for Matthew. Well, we and I together, obviously, I gave him the outline, and he told me some of the stories or things that he'd gone through, and we sat and we penned this thing out. And long story short, he did it. He said his oral for his grade 7 class that, that week, and the teacher loved it so much. He said, come and do it for the other classes. Did it for the other classes. Then said, come do it for the staff room, and did it for the staff room, and then said, come do it now for the school. And then he had to do it for the school. And eventually... They had open day where the grade one parents come to see what the school's all about. And then they asked him to do that same oral, the man in the mirror, for the whole open day. He has uh, grade seven, and he was quite short still in, in primary school. He had stood behind the pulpit or the lectern and hardly could see his head. And the point I'm trying to make is this, is that it spoke so much to the teachers and to the class and the school. And it wasn't because I wrote it or because of what he said. It was the fact that the content of that message was simply... Whenever you face a challenge, take a look at the man in the mirror. And when that man in the mirror is willing to make a change, everything will change. And that speaks of self-accountability. And that definition of self-accountability is known as personal accountability. It's a way of living. So you have to develop a lifestyle of saying, I'm not going to blame myself or always be hard on myself, but I'm going to look and say, what of that uh, situation that I'm facing is true or is it false? So if you look at any situation you're facing right now, Self-accountability would mean if I look at the situation, let's say it's a financial challenge. Let's call that. You're going through financial pressure. You're going through a financial situation. The question you have to ask yourself, am I going through financial pressure? Is it true? Is it false? It's true. All right. If it's true, why is it true? And what can I do about it when it comes to self-accountability? How much of the problem or the cause of my financial pressure have I been responsible for? Bad spending, no budgeting, Whatever it might be, lazy learner, I haven't taken time to develop my place of responsibility, my career where I'm employed, I've been hiding away, I've been stealing company time, then you can say, let's do something about it. But if it's false, if you're saying, well, I've done my best and I've gone through a lean season, maybe your sales are down slightly, whatever it might be, you can then reject that situation and say, it's not a truth situation. Or let's take another situation. For example, let's say somebody comes to you and speaks down on you somebody belittles you, you can ask yourself the question, is what the person saying to me true or false? If it's true, and it might not be nice to hear, but why is it true? Why are people saying that I'm lazy? Or why are people saying that I'm X, Y, Z? Or is it false? No, they've got no context. We can reject that. And I think when it comes to this area of self-accountability, one of the key areas is when we start to look at 
taking responsibility for is this thing true or is this false? And in every situation you're going to find in your life, there's either going to be a truth to it or there's going to be a falsehood to it. And you then decide. If it's true, self-accountability says, well, why is it true? And what must I do to either turn this thing around, sort it out, or get through this thing, or whatever it might be. But self-accountability speaks of a way of living. I don't shy away from the responsibility of my challenges. I face them head on. I look at the man in the mirror, and I choose to make a change. Now, if you look at the way of living, sometimes it comes to this no accountability. We don't like any accountability, which is the Adam nature in us. Or else we expect others to be accountable to us. But when it comes to our own self-accountability, we sometimes are the most reluctant people to take that responsibility. Genesis 3 verse 9, where did this whole challenge of humanity, why is the human nature so inclined to run away or shy away from taking responsibility when things go wrong or when things are not working out the way they are, myself included? Why do we all like to shy away and say, he has five reasons or he has a reason or this is the reason or that person or this person or it's these circumstances. The first option we look at is let's play the blame game or let's hide away. And you'll notice that in your Bible, in Scripture, it gives us the reason why our natures are like this. And Genesis 3, 9, verse 13, the Bible says this, Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Now context for those of you that might not know, Adam and Eve were placed in the Garden of Eden. God said, Here is the whole garden, eat of all the trees, fruit trees in the garden, but there's one tree in the middle you may not eat of. And, you know, they didn't give him instruction, just said, don't eat of it. The enemy comes and says, did God really say? And he deceives them, and they take off this one tree they weren't supposed to eat, and now they are ashamed. And before they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the Bible says that they were naked and they were unashamed. And suddenly after they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they realize they're naked and they become ashamed and they start to hide themselves from each other. And ultimately, they hide from God. And today, still people are hiding from God, you know, refusing to take responsibility for their relationship with God. They've got all these reasons why God doesn't exist and all these stories. But when it comes to every other area of our life, the nature of Adam and Eve is in us. And the Bible says there's only two places you can be. You're either in Adam or you're in Christ. So 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Behold, anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. We're either in Adam or we're in Christ. And as long as you're in Adam, you're going to make excuses like Adam did. If you're in Christ, you're going to start to have an attitude like Paul the Apostle had in Philippians 4.13, where he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So we notice a different attitude. Paul was Saul, a persecutor of the church, gets radically saved. Christ enters into his heart. The Holy Spirit enters into his life. He's filled with the Spirit of God, and suddenly he's now in Christ. And his attitude starts to change from a I can't do attitude to I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So if you are a Christian listening to this today, you might be saying, well, I'm also in Christ, but I find myself prone to making excuses. Take heart. You, I'm not saying you're going to have a perfect never say die, never have a negative thought a lifestyle. But when you're in Christ, first step of responsibility is, hey, I'm in Christ. I'm no longer in Adam. I'm not going to use Adam's lame excuses. So listen to what Adam said. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said, where are you? That's what God is saying to so many today listening to this episode. Where are you? If you were to place yourself today, where are you in your faith? Where are you in your finances? Where are you in your fitness? Where are you in your family? Where are you? Where are you? If you place yourself, where are you in your relationships? Where are you when it comes to your responsibility towards yourself, your family, if you're married, your partner, your girlfriend, boyfriend, if you 
dating or engaged? Where are you when it comes to your studies? Where are you when it comes to your career? Where are you when it comes to your financial planning? Where are you? Place yourself today in whatever area you find yourself in and you're unhappy in that area, then ask yourself the question, is it true or is it false? Yes, it's true. Now, why is it true? That is self-accountability. That's the start of looking at the man or the woman in the mirror and making a change. Now, so he said to Adam, God says, where are you? So he said, Adam says, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. So there we see the inherent human nature in every single person is fear of being exposed. In other words, nakedness, the fear of being exposed. And sadly, we see on social media today when people get into relationship issues, sometimes the girlfriend throws the boyfriend under the bus or the husband throws the wife under the bus. We see all these different things. Sometimes it's governments shaming other governments or it's governments shaming people in the nation or it's companies shaming employees or it's employees shaming the leadership of the company, whatever it might be. But I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. So shame and fear will cause you to hide. Now, when it comes to our personal lives, sometimes we go through battles like financial battles, relationship battles. Sometimes we go through addiction battles. We get stuck on the substance, could be drugs, could be pornography, could be whatever. And because we're supposed to have these little perfect lives, which the enemy will lie to us and tell us, you're a Christian, you're supposed to know better. And I want to say to you today that you don't fall for the lies of the enemy. You're in Christ. And every time you look to Jesus, you remind yourself of where you are seated. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places. You are an overcomer. You are victorious. Why? Because Jesus said, be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. So if Christ has overcome the world and you are in Christ, then we don't accept anything less than what? We're on a journey towards victory permanently. In this lifetime, you will be challenged, said Jesus. So we're going to be challenged. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome. Now, if you're in Christ, you're victorious. You might still have attributes of excuses and wanting to run away and wanting to hide, but you have to look towards Jesus and say, hey, I'm no longer going to be like Adam and play the blame game. I'm going to play the gain game. I'm going to gain and not blame because when you don't blame, you will gain. So notice what happens. God says to Adam, he says, who told you that you were naked? So who is telling you today on this podcast that you are naked, that you are going to be exposed, that you are going to be ashamed, that you are going to go bankrupt, that you are going to lose? Who's telling you that you're not worthy? Who's telling you that you're not going to make it? Who's telling you that you are not beautiful? You're not handsome. Who's telling you that you are a loser? Who's telling you that you are worse than this or worse than that? Who's speaking down on you? And who is berating you, belittling you? Who is demeaning you, devaluing you? Because any person, any human being that says anything against you negatively, could be through jealousy, could be through just whatever it might be. Maybe they're jealous of you. Maybe they're envious of you. Maybe you are not doing what you should be doing. And people have now just off the fly spoken words of death over you the first question you have to ask yourself is what the person's saying true or false it's false then just walk away and and reject those words but if it's true self-accountability says, i don't accept maybe the words of death but i say what is causing me to be in this place of loss or this place of victimization why have i allowed myself to get here because i'm in christ i'm a new creation i have a victorious spirit in me and I have to understand that I am not going to back off or back down or speak down on myself or think less of myself. No, I am in Christ. I'm no longer in Adam. I am in Christ. I am a new creation. Therefore, I am born to prosper. I am born to advance. Now, 
He says, who told you that? So I want to say to you today, don't accept any negative talk about yourself. You have self-respect. That's the first start of self-accountability is I respect myself. Maybe you haven't respected yourself all these years. Maybe something happened to you when you were a child. Maybe there was trauma in your life. Maybe you were abused sexually, physically. And I, my heart goes out to you today. If you were physically abused or sexually abused as a young child or whatever it might be, and today those thoughts, those scars, they keep coming up in your life and you keep thinking, but I can't, I'm not worthy. I feel always like I haven't got confidence. I haven't got, yes, the Bible said, don't cast away your confidence in Christ. You have confidence because Christ is in you. So you might feel every single person, I don't care who they are, every single person that breathes oxygen today on the face of this planet, there are days and times when they feel afraid, they want to run a mile, they want to jump in the lake and they want to just disappear. Every human being, I don't care who they are. But sometimes we have to ask ourselves the question, when I feel afraid, the Bible says it's because of fear that I put on the garment of praise or I put on Christ. Or I, it's not because I'm not afraid, it's because I am afraid. That's why I have to make up my mind and say, I'm going to what? Make up my mind today. I'm looking in the mirror and say, hey, you are in Christ, Aiden. You are more than a conqueror. You are an overcomer. No thing can separate you from the love of God. And we know Romans 8, 28, all things shall work together for good. So notice the Bible says, Adam says, I was afraid. So I hid myself. Who told you that? Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you that you should not eat? God holds him accountable. Now, what does he do? He has what he does. Then the man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and ate. So what does Adam do? He shuns away from self-accountability and he blames his wife. We see that today. Husbands blaming wives, blaming husbands, employees blaming employers and blaming employees, governments blaming citizens, blaming governments, blaming citizens, political parties, blaming political parties. Every single person always has to have a long story. Sports, the players blaming the coach, blaming the players. It never ends. It's the, the human nature. Now, I don't say we shouldn't speak up at times when things are wrong or things are not. Sometimes you should speak up because it's just wrong. And if that thing's false, you say, hey, that's false. And I say A, B, C, D, and we can bring corrective measures. I'm not saying just be a worm and be pushed around and be walked over. But I am saying this, is that the sooner we realize that self-accountability is the start to emerging and to overcoming and to getting out of any circumstance you might be under, that's the start, that's the key to successful leadership, is self-accountability. So notice he blames his wife. And then the Bible says in verse 13, and the Lord God said to the woman, so he first asked Adam, where are you? Adam says, I was afraid, so I hid myself. And said, did you eat of the tree? No. It wasn't me. It was Eve. She gave me. I was standing there. I told her not to, but she took it. Then she offered it to me. And I ah, and she fought. And eventually, what can I say? What can I say, God? It's my wife, man. What can I say? What can I say, God? It's not me. It's the university. The, the exam papers were too hard. No, it's not me, God. But when you were supposed to be studying, we were, you were either watching Netflix or you were out on the town or you were with your friends. And I say, it comes down to self-accountability. Now, not self-belittling or self-berating, but self-accountability. Did I study enough to get through this exam? Yes or no? True or false? False. All right, then take accountability and go do the rewrite and get through it the next time and learn from your mistakes. Now, he says what? He says, and the Lord God said, he says, what is this that you have done? He holds her accountable. And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So she blames the devil. So no one wants to take responsibility. I always make the old joke and say sometimes even the devil's crying on the side of the road because... Christians or humans just like to blame the devil when they don't want to take self-accountability. Now, if you look at this nature, so 
the nature in us all is going to be the Adam nature. It's in every human being. Every human being is born with an Adamic nature. That's why the Bible says in Romans 5, 19, it was through one man's disobedience that all became unrighteous, Adam, and it was through one man's obedience that all became righteous, Jesus. Between Adam's choice, unrighteousness entered, sin entered, the blame game entered, the pity me, the sorry me, feel sorry for me attitude entered. And in Christ, again, it's reversed. So what we lost in the Garden of Eden, we regained in the Garden of Gethsemane. When Jesus said, it is finished. Now, anyone who chooses to be in Christ can have a victorious Christ spirit in him. So you have that in you if you're a born-again Christian listening to this today. And if you're not a born-again Christian listening to this today, I want to give you the opportunity to say, make your peace with God. Accept Jesus into your life and so that you can allow that victorious overcoming spirit of the living God to enter into your life. The Holy Spirit will come and he'll reveal Jesus to you and you're going to start to see things from a totally different perspective. Because the Bible said, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor entered the heart of man. The things that are laid up for those that love the Lord, but they are revealed to us by His Spirit. So we need to have the Holy Spirit in order to show us exactly the purpose and the plan of Christ for our life. So I said to us in the beginning that self-accountability is a way of living, and it is a personal accountability as well. It is a way of living in which you take responsibility for your actions and your life. You learn from your mistakes, and you quickly recover from any impulse to blame others ignore problems and hide from your own shortcomings. And that self-accountability statement, you could almost sum it up in that scripture verse I read that Adam played the blame game. He wanted to he, he wants to ignore his problems. He wants to hide from his own shortcomings. Everything the human nature is prone to do. Now you might be saying to me, Aiden, have you ever felt a hey, listen, every day of your life you have to make decisions. You want to run, you want to hide, you get bad news, you don't want to deal with that bad news. You have good news, you think everything can't be better than this, then bad news follows, and we ebb and flow through this thing called life. But we can't ever get to the point where we start to continually play the blame game in everything in our life, take no responsibility, and expect our life to turn around, because that is called what? It's called a cop-out, and we're not called to be like that. Jesus had the opportunity to cop out in Gethsemane, and he wrestled with God, with his father, about the crucifixion, knowing the pain, knowing the challenge he had to endure, and the Bible said what? That he said, not my will be done, but your will be done. And that was Jesus taking self-accountability. He took account for his purpose. And as a result of that today, we have got access to heaven. Thank God that Jesus, his son, took responsibility and accountability for his life and did not shirk his responsibility in Gethsemane. That is why you and I today have hope to go to heaven because Jesus took self-accountability. Now, if you and I have got responsibility in the time we have on this earth, how many more people are going to follow our lives, generations to come that aren't even born yet, that are going to live off the accountability of our lives? And so we've got such an important role still to play, not just for ourselves, but for people that still have to follow our lives. So if you look at that statement again that I read earlier, it's a way of living, and that starts with we have to develop a lifestyle of self-accountability. So the second thing that the statement says is you take responsibility for your actions and your life. Now, if you look at all of our lives, every time you go through winter, we always have this, you get to the summer cupboard after the winter and you go, wow, my clothes just seem to have shrunk in winter. But actual fact, we've picked up some weight because it's natural, like bears hibernate or animals hibernate. You know, you end up to save yourself from the cold. We always tend to eat more when it comes to the winter months. And you have all these people, your dieters, they're all around the world. 
And I don't say it's wrong to go on a diet. Again, I say sometimes we like to blame the scale or we like to blame some part of our body. And again, I say, please, I don't make light of anybody who's got some medical condition and it's causing you maybe to have weight gain or it's causing you to have certain medical challenges. I don't say that there's not medical challenges. What I'm saying is sometimes we can play the blame game and we blame the chocolate or we blame our mother for cooking that food or we blame our husband or our wife for cooking the food or always eating out or whatever. But the bottom line is you've got a choice. You can choose. You've got self-accountability. You can decide to say no to certain things and yes to other things. So if it comes to weight, for example, and you get on the scale and you're not happy with what the number on that scale, ask yourself the question, is it true or is it false, that number that I'm seeing? It's true. Now, why is it true? Why is that number not what it, what you want it to be? And can you do something about it? Yes, I can. What can you do? I'm going to take self-accountability. I'm going to take responsibility and start to get advice or start to change my eating habits because I can. Because you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I'm not going to play the blame game or start to lose my confidence or start to, etc. And again, I say this, really, I say this respectfully to everybody listening today. Do I pick up some weight? Yes. Do I have to take self-accountability? Yes. Do I want to always be in pristine physical condition? Of course, every human wants to be in a physical condition. I tell people often, I've got a six-pack, but just under some of my fat that I have to get rid of. I say to you as well, don't compare yourself or measure yourself, because the Bible says he who compares himself or measures himself among himself is not wise. So don't compare yourself, but look at the man or the woman in the mirror. Hey, do I like what I see? in the sense of maybe your weight. No, change it. You can. Why? Because you are taking self-accountability. And that is the key to successful leadership. So when you take responsibility for your actions and you ultimately take responsibility for your life, look at your finances right now. Are you happy with your salary? Yes or no? No. Why? If it's, I'm happy with my, good. All right. Now, if you're happy with your salary, what are you doing about spending your money? Are you investing? Have you got investment accounts? Have you got savings accounts? Are you spending more than you are earning? Are you spending everything that you're earning? Are you spending less than you're earning? You've got a good savings plan. You've got a good financial acumen. Okay, that means we have to take self-accountability. Sometimes there's an old saying that says, you don't need to earn more money. You just have to rework the money that you are, uh, you have already, that you're already earning. So you don't have to, uh, we always want to earn more money. But I'm saying sometimes we can just put budgets in place and realize we actually have got enough money to live a good life. It's just that we're spending our money unwisely because we're not taking self-accountability. Now, the third thing the statement says is what we learn from our mistakes. One of the greatest uh, things that limit us and keep us in a place of victimization or victimhood is we don't want to learn from our mistakes. My, my rugby coach years ago when I was at school, he always used to say to me, Aiden, how many times does a donkey bump its head? And I would say, sir, until he learns. And he said, no, once. And, you know, there's an old cliche that says once bitten, twice shy. So why do we sometimes go back two, three, four, five times? I don't know. Sometimes we do. But why do we keep going back when we've learned our lesson? And when we don't learn from our mistakes, we keep on repeating them. Case in point, story in scripture about Peter, the guy who made all those promises to Jesus. I'll die with you, Jesus. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Peter, before the cock crows three times, you will forsake me. What does Peter do? He forsakes him three times. Gets, bursts out, the Bible says Peter wept, goes into a bit of a, uh, uh, in Afrikaans they say, Yanni for drunk stage, a bit of a feel, feel sorry for myself, pity party phase. And I'm going fishing and influences everybody to go fishing. He's now in this little uh, backslidden state. He doesn't care about his purpose. 
And yet Jesus comes back and calls them over, cast your net out this side. They catch all this fish and they realize it's Jesus. He dives off the boat, runs to Jesus, hugs him. Jesus has a meal and sits down with him at the end of John. And he says, Peter, do you love me? Of course, Lord, you know that I love you. Peter, do you love me? Yes. Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yes. Tend my lambs. Three times he asks him. And we see that Peter learns from his mistake, comes back stronger, goes to the upper room, receives the Holy Spirit, and preaches the first sermon in Scripture. And 3,000 people get saved after Peter's first sermon. He could have quit on himself. He could have felt sorry for himself. He could have blamed himself all his life. Yes, he made a mistake. Yes, he overpromised, he underdelivered. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you've overpromised, underdelivered in some area of your life. And I want to say to you, God is not writing you off. People might have canceled you. Previous companies might have canceled you. Bosses, employers, friends, whoever. People might have canceled you. But you can bounce back stronger. Why? By taking self-accountability. And the greatest reward or the greatest comeback anybody can have is to prove all your detractors wrong, to prove all your critics wrong. How? By taking self-accountability and coming back stronger than ever before. And I really believe that the Lord is going to speak to you through this podcast this month and he's going to challenge you and you're going to start to see areas where you've been hiding, running away, trying to avoid your realities. And the Lord's going to show you those areas and challenge you to look yourself in the mirror and say, hey, come on, we can get through this. Let's get better on this on the other side. The fourth thing the statement says is they quickly recover from the impulse to blame others. Look at a case in point story in scripture, David and Bathsheba. We know the story, King David is supposed to be at war. He sees a woman bathing Bathsheba on the rooftop of her house. He desires her body. He sees her naked. He's got power. He's got money. He's got uh, influence. He calls her over to his palace. He eventually ends up sleeping with her. She falls pregnant. And when David eventually, he's got a predicament, she falls pregnant. He, he calls Uriah, her husband, back from the battlefield to try and make out as if nothing happened so that he can go and sleep with his wife. And that when she does fall pregnant, he can say, Uriah was back here. And eventually Uriah is a faithful guy. He sleeps at King David's door, at the, the, the door to the palace. He doesn't go home to his wife. So David's got a, a predicament now because that plan didn't work out. So he says to the chief commander, he says, put Uriah in the front line of the battle to see if he can die. He puts him in the front line. He dies. And David goes, great. My problems are solved. I can now live a guilt-free life. But he's going to live with that silent guilt all his life about killing his lover's husband. Long story short, again, Nathan the prophet comes to him and says, David, if a man had a whole lot of sheep and somebody stole one sheep from a whole herd of sheep, what, would it be that bad? He says, no, nah, not that bad. The guy's got many sheep. Says, but what if one guy, a person had one sheep and the person came and stole that one sheep? And David said, of course, that's ridiculous. That's punishable. You can never do that. And Nathan says to him, but David, you that person who stole that one person, Bathsheba's husband, you are wrong. And the Bible says David goes from there and he goes into his inner room and he cries out to God and he says to God, creating me a clean heart. And we see that David takes responsibility. Initially, he thought he's going to get away with it. But when the word of the Lord came to him, when the reality faced him, David took responsibility for his reality and he asked God to forgive him of his misdemeanor. Now, I say this to use an example. You don't have to always feel guilty and grovel for everything we do wrong. But the, as long as we keep blaming others and saying, it's not me, it's not me, it's them, it's that woman, it's Adam, it's Eve, it's the serpent, it's the devil, it's the it's my parents, it's my brother, it's my sister, it's my boss, it's my pastor, it's my, we're never going to get to the point of gaining victory in areas of our life. Because if you keep playing the blame game, there's always going to be something to blame. 
but it starts with self-accountability. That's what leaders do. Leaders that are successful, leaders that are that rise to the top are leaders that face their responsibility. And then the fifth thing, that statement says they quickly recover from the impulse to blame others and they don't ignore their problems. Self-accountability is I don't ignore my problems. I had a situation years ago when I was in business and I often challenge people to remind myself even when I talk about it and often remind, challenge pastors or challenge business owners in the church that I had a situation where I had a cash flow problem when I started my business years ago and eventually I ran up an account of stock that I bought from one supplier and I ended up using that money in all different aspects of the business and I got to a point where I didn't have enough money to pay this person and initially it's you want to you want Adam nature kicks in I'm gonna I'm gonna run away I'm gonna I'm gonna avoid it I'm gonna make up a long story I'm gonna lie because that's what we all we're afraid of shame we're afraid of being ashamed and so eventually I must the courage to send this guy a letter and eventually I sent him a long letter after being he looked for me for a few weeks and I ducked and dived and eventually I had to face the music and I wrote him this letter and I said listen I apologize firstly for getting myself in the situation A, B, C, D, E not blaming but this is the situation I find myself in I can't commit to pay you everything up front but I can commit to pay you this per month over this period terms and conditions he eventually accepted it I chipped away that account and after, I don't, can't remember how long it was, but after I paid the last money to him, and of course he said to me, you can still buy from me, but everything you buy from me now, you must buy cash up front. And that was the condition, but I paid off the debt. I had to try not to ignore my problems. And once I paid off the debt, he actually sent me a letter afterwards and a gift. And he said to me, one of the few people that I've dealt with in the years that have gone by that was willing to you know, face your, your debt and not ignore it and pay it off. And I want to just say thank you so much. And Yari's a gift. And eventually he opened up my account again. And eventually I ran up a big account because my business had ch- turned around. And I say this again, there's certain principles that it doesn't mean to say you're not going to be challenged in this area, but don't ignore your problems. What are you facing today? What challenge are you facing? Is it a tax problem? Is it a debt problem? Is it a credit card problem? Is it a, I want to say to you today, don't ignore it. Is it a SARS problem? Is it a, wherever it is, the least you can do is get on an email and write a decent letter and say, listen, this is my situation. I can't pay you right now, but I'm not running away. I'm going to face this and I'm going to chip away and pay you this. And that's when even like places like SARS or people that you owe money to, if they take you to the court, they can't do anything if there's been signs of you making a concerted effort to pay off that debt. And everybody goes through battles, everybody goes through lean times, everybody goes through difficult times, but it's how we deal with it in self-accountability that helps us get through to the other side. And I want to say to you, that's often in those times when we take responsibility in self-accountability that God suddenly starts to bring ravens, doors of opportunities open, suddenly a person, you get a big contract or a big deal and it's so much money that you pay off that previous debt. God is a miraculous God. We can't live of miracles, but when we take responsibility, Gideon, where are you? I'm the least in my house. No, you're a mighty man of valor. You're a mighty man of heroic proportions. But Gideon didn't believe in himself, wants to ignore the challenges. And when he took responsibility, God raised him up to become a mighty leader in his country. And then lastly, in conclusion for this episode this month, self-accountability is people don't hide from their own shortcomings. And we, we go from blame to gain, where we take responsibility. I heard a guy speak recently about somebody who contacted him and he said he was very suicidal. 
He was going through many battles in his life and he'd lost his confidence and he wanted to end his life and he reached out to this person to say, please, I, I just want to talk to somebody. And this guy gave him one of the greatest forms of advice that I'm now sharing with other people. And he said, listen, he said, I understand your battle. I understand that you're going through this, this tough time, but do me one favor. Before you make any decision, I know you're suicidal. I know you want to quit. I know you're in a, in a deep hole. He said, but do me one favor. He says, before you make any decision, just commit to one thing. Get a six-pack. Get a, not a six-pack of beer, but a six-pack on your stomach. And just that statement, and the guy eventually agrees. said, okay, I agree. He said, now go and find a way to get a six-pack. Go and work on your physique. Take self-accountability in the area of your fitness. And this guy went and he said, this guy went and he started to work at just the one statement the guy made him. Get a six-pack. And he went and he worked and he says, everything changed. He suddenly started to find purpose. He had something to wake up in the morning for. He got to gym. He started eating healthy. He got to learn about nutrition. He had to learn about discipline. When it came to exercise, he had to learn different exercise regimes. He eventually started to see the, the change in the mirror, which inspired him more. He kept going until eventually he got the six pack and he sent the guy the photograph a few months later and he said, yeah, it is. And he said, listen, he said, my whole life has changed. He said, I, I've, I've got more energy. I've got more purpose. I've got more joy. Simply because a guy gave him a simple challenge. And he said, before you do anything crazy or before you quit on yourself, get a six-pack. And I want to close with that today and say to you, I don't know what you're facing, but hey, why don't you take that challenge? I don't know what it is, but why don't you get a six-pack? I'm taking the challenge. And I said to my kids and I said to my wife, I said, I don't want to be mutton dressed up as lamb. I'm not going through a midlife crisis, but I'm saying, come on. Let's work at our physique. Let's work at our physical. Let's work at our mental. Let's work at our spiritual. Let's work at our relationships. Let's work at our lives. Self-accountability is the start of all of the change in your life. And when you start to take self-accountability, the Christ in you, I can do all things through Christ, says Paul. I am saved. I'm born again. I'm grateful for the blood of Jesus. But now I have to take self-accountability. And I say to you as well, take self-accountability as you do. Watch what God is going to do. He's going to do exceedingly, abundantly, above. Now unto him, Ephesians 3.20, who is able to do what? Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you might ask or think. What are you asking God? Father, help me in this area. What are you thinking? The Bible says God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above everything you ask or think. Come on, my friend. I'm super excited for you for this month. As the Lord laid this episode of my heart for this month, I want to say to you, come on, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You are on the right track. God is for you. God is not against you. If God be for you, who can be against you? Go into this month. Go in this might of yours. You mighty man, you mighty woman of valor, of heroic proportions. God is never going to leave you. God is never going to forsake you. God is not going to ever speak down on you. So don't you speak down on yourself. Have a great month. And if you found value in this episode, share it with someone who you feel might benefit from this come on we're on this journey together and together we can do more i'm super excited for what is lying ahead this is still a few months to go before the end of this year the rest of this year will be the best of the year hey go and get a six pack can't wait to see your transformation have a great month be blessed in jesus name amen Thank you for joining us here at Leader Breeder. Make sure to subscribe to the channel to catch the next episode every month.